0: going on, Lunch Breakers and Takers? This is another episode of the Lunch Break Hot Take. I am Jose. And I am Bradley. And today we're going to discuss a little NFL. Not much going on, but, uh, you know, we're going to go over a little bit of Panthers and Ravens because those are our teams. And, and it's
1: been a while since we since we talked NFL. I mean, yeah. like I said, there's not a whole lot of news going on, but there's a there's a few stories out there.
0: Yeah, few few stories and we'll go over it and we're going to give our opinion on, on, on the draft a little bit more and we would love to hear your guys' thoughts. So, you know, send us an email or hit us up on Twitter at LBHTShow or send us an email show at gmail.com and, uh, yeah, let us know what you think. But uh, what do you want to go over first?
1: Uh, I think the probably the biggest news going on right now the standoff between uh, the Jets and Jamal Anderson, yeah. or Jamal Adams, Jamal Adam. you know, he, he wants a long-term deal. They say they want to give him a long-term deal, just not right now. You know, and, and there was talk about his agent requesting a trade. You know, obviously they, they had been talking to teams about trading him last year. Baltimore was one of the teams rumored to be in on that, you know, and then there's rumors that they're still interested right now and, and might make a move for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I heard the rumors last year, I got really excited. I thought, man, Jamal Adams, that'd be amazing. Right. But we didn't get him. And Tony Jefferson was hurt. Well, Deshaun Elliott came in and I was excited about Deshaun Elliott. He had a lot of potential Then he got hurt. But Chuck Clark stepped in and he played well. And and you
1: weren't excited and it seemed to work out.
0: So, no, no, yeah, yeah, no, I wasn't that excited hold about it. Keep your emotions
1: him, but in check, and yeah. people will be okay.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely, and you know, by the time the season was done, you know, I I was fine with Chuck Clark going forward as a starter. Not a huge mm-hmm. playmaker, but just a solid all-around player. He knows his assignments well. Yeah, I mean, he he he's fine. He's he's fine. I I don't, you know, I I was still be okay with them getting Jamal Adams, obviously, because he's, he's a better player. But I don't feel like we have to give up a lot of assets to upgrade that position.
1: Right. And the, the rumor is that Dallas offered them a first-round pick last year, and they didn't take it. Obviously, you know, it's possible that they've come down off that that, that price since then. Yeah. But if if not, I just – I don't see – just in general, I don't really think he's worth trading a first-round pick for but particularly for Baltimore, I don't see how that makes sense in any way. You you got to give a first round pick and then you have to make him one of the highest paid defenders in the league.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I don't think they're, uh, they're going to do that either. I think if, if they are interested, honestly, you're probably looking at a third round pick if that's the move they're really trying to make. Yeah. They might've been offered a first round pick last year, but like you said, they didn't take it. And now it's a year later. And he's going into the last year of his deal. You get one year with them before you gotta give him a, you know a lot of money. You know it's just mm-hmm. not the same. It's not. It's not the same.
1: Well, and and again, you, you have to you have to extend him right now if you trade for him. Um, yeah. It's the same thing with Laramie Tunsil. You know they, they traded for Laramie Tunsil. They didn't give him a deal, <laughs> and he went he went what six mil over the highest paid player at his position. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because because you can't let him walk at that point.
0: Right. Yeah, another reason why you don't let you know you don't let coaches be GMs, but. <laughs>
1: well, listen, I, I, I mean yes, but I think more to the point, you don't let Bill O'Brien be anything.
0: No, no. So, yeah,
1: but That's you know, know it,
0: mm. but you know, but also, you know, the other reason why I'm reluctant to go after Jamal Adams is, you know, Javion Clowney is still out there. Right. You know, and. I, I would rather have Javon Clowney between the two of them.
1: Yeah, if you're going to commit that kind of money to a player, and you're and you're the Baltimore Ravens, you already got the best secondary in the league. Yeah, right. You already have that. You spent two two draft picks, one in the first round, one in the third round, at middle linebacker. You traded for Calais Campbell. You brought in Derek Wolfe, so you kind of shored up that that run defense. Yeah. You franchised Matt Judon, and. The only question mark on the defense right now is that other edge rusher spot.
0: Right, right. And, you know, I think because he hasn't been signed yet, he's obviously not going to get the money that he was looking for. And, you know, he, he's had some some injury uh, issues over the, over the years. But I think all those things, you know, people forget how dominant of a player he's actually been. I mean, this man has been dominant. Mm.
1: Well, and how young he is, because I mean, I was surprised he's actually younger than Matt Judon.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was surprised by that too. Y- you wouldn't think so. Yeah. I think it's just one of those situations
1: where I mean, Jadavian Clowney has been at the top of people's minds since he was like a sophomore in college. Yeah. So it just it feels like he's a lot older than he is. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he he turned twenty seven earlier this year. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're not. It's not even like you're you're getting an old, broken down player or anything like that. Yeah, you know, he he's one of the best edge defenders in football. Yeah. And, you know, apparently he turned down a lot of money from Cleveland. You know, the most money he's been offered. And he, he said no. So, I mean, that that tells you right there that it's not just about the money. I mean, obviously the money is important.
0: Yeah. And you, know, and, you know, I want to make Cleveland jokes, right? Well, yeah, why would you want to sign Cleveland? But to be honest, I mean, you pair up, you know, on the opposite side of Miles Garrett, and he could have a career year. Yeah. Right? Or he
1: could be Olivier Vernon.
0: But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Um, but, no, you're right. It, it, it's, it's not all about the money. He wants to be in the right situation. So I think the Ravens should be looking at, at that situation and seeing if there's a way to bring him in. Now, you know, the other thing is Matt Judon signed his franchise tag. Mm-hmm. So that's going to take up a lot of cap space. So,
1: well, yeah, I mean, but that was already counting against the cap since since they tagged him Well, yeah. Uh, so if you're thinking about making a move for Jamal Adams, you also are thinking about you, you know you have ways that you know you can open up that kind of money. Sure, right. Sure. sure. Um, I just I just don't think that doing that for Jamal Adams makes sense when you have to give up a high draft pick also, and you've right. already like like we mentioned already have the best secondary in the league.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. I agree. And, and and you're right. I think they already factored in that, you know, they need to make some other moves to open up cast space. And I think they're working on that now with Ronnie Stanley. I think that deal is gonna get done sooner rather rather than later. I honestly think they're gonna work out a deal with Judon too. Right. I can't remember the last time somebody actually played on a franchise tag for the Ravens. Right. So I think it's just one of those things where you know, we're going to tag them until we can get a deal done. Yeah.
1: Speaking of uh, Ravens of the past, that's uh, some of the other news that's out there. Uh, Joe Flacco, Super Bowl winning yeah. elite quarterback, has a, uh, a new home.
0: Yeah, he signed with the Jets. And, you know, for Flacco, you know, personally, I'm, I'm a Flacco fan. I'm happy for him, right? He's closer to home. In fact, he, he's from New Jersey. He's going to be mm-hmm. playing... In New Jersey, they you know yeah. just play in New Jersey, so he's he's right at home, you know. And this is probably this will probably be his last stop.
1: At what point? Know? By the way, I'm sorry. At what point do we stop letting Jersey boys get away with calling themselves New York? <laughs> I, don't anyway, I, a, I, I don't know. It's Wait, just I don't know. Wait, but you know what? Me I mean, when I'm right here.
0: they're not the only team that does it. I mean, the you know Washington doesn't. You know they don't practice well. Well, they're in. I think now they're in D.C., but their old stadium was in Landover, right? Yeah, Landover, but It wasn't
1: in Jersey, was it? No, but you it, know. it wasn't in. It wasn't in Jersey, and then you were pretending to be in New York City.
0: No, nah, well, I mean, it's right there. I mean, it's right there. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no,
1: for real. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, which which side of that border do you want to be on?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and no, I, I hate. You. I hate you, but I'm just saying, they're not the only NFL team to do that, right?
1: Yeah, but no, I, I thought the Joe Flacco signing was interesting because I've been hearing all offseason that Cam Newton doesn't have a job because he's not healthy, and Joe Flacco has a broken neck.
0: Yeah, and he's not going to be ready for the beginning of the season, and that, that's right. the thing I wanted to talk about because, um, look, I love Flacco, right? He got us a ring. He played great for us, you know, that year, but – He's not better than Cam by any – he was never better than Cam at any point in his career. Let's get that straight. Yeah. He's not better than Cam now, and there is absolutely no reason to sign him over Cam. There's no reason. I You can't give me a single reason why that's a better fit. He's not a better passer. He doesn't have a better arm. He's not healthier. Um, right. And he's not a better locker room guy. And I'm not saying he's a he's a bad person, but Cam ain't a bad person. Right. You know, so what is it? Yeah,
1: I mean, look, I, the, the only reasons that I can think of, I mean, obviously, you, you know, nobody knows what kind of money Cam is asking for. I mean, I don't know. Nobody knows. Okay. The only thing I can think is if you sign Cam Newton, he's, you know, and you have a, a, a legit uh, competition, he's beating out Sam Darnold.
0: Yeah, but you you should want that as a coach. You want the best player out there. That's, that's what I always hear. You want the best players on the field. Mm-hmm. and honestly Joe Flacco being there is a threat to Sam Darnold because if Sam Darnold has a bad game a coach is naturally going to want to go with a guy with more experience
1: yeah but that's why they signed the guy with more experience who can't play yeah yeah it is what
0: it is it is what it is I just hope that um, when the season actually starts up Cam gets some calls and um makes it onto a team you know i'm looking at you ron rivera if nobody else <laughs> if nobody else you better call him up i mean he carried your career a long ways
1: yeah you know, i'm still looking at bill belichick you still don't have a quarterback so yeah
0: i don't know what kind of game he's playing over there <laughs> i don't, I don't he, know he's, he's playing
1: going. the kind of game where he can wait as long as he wants and still get the best quarterback available this offseason because nobody else will sign him
0: yeah that's true what if he brought in Cam and AB? They go right back yeah, to this
1: gonna go for that one.
0: <laughs> he brings in Cam and AB just off the street. Everybody's like, "Yo, what is going on?" It's the new Brady and and, and Randy Moss hookup. <laughs> <laughs> that would be something, man. But okay, all right. So we want to get into. The draft a little bit. We've already done a draft review episode. You guys should check that out. Um, but we want to dig a little little deeper. I don't think we uh really covered this right. Like we we kind of just talked about how we felt about the draft overall. Now, in in general, me and B looked this up. We went back a few years. You know, last five to seven years or so for our drafts, the Ravens and the Panthers' uh, previous drafts and just kind of took a look to see how the players did over the years. Like how many players stayed on the team past that first contract or how did they perform and whatnot. And for me, I, I looked at the Ravens, uh, typically about uh, between 30 and 40% of those players from each each draft class actually worked out for the team. And by work out, I mean – either played well for us or, you know, was solid for us. You know, they made it to that second contract. B has some, you have some other stats, right?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, more of an informal thing, just kind of looking at, uh, at at the players and, and kind of going pick by pick and deciding what, what we felt was a a good pick versus a bad pick. I mean, it, it, you know, there's a lot of ways you can define that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, we, we looked at, like, for instance, the Ravens from 2010 to 2016. They had 62 draft picks. They, they got eight pro bowlers and two first-team all-pro, mm-hmm. right? Now, I mean, again, that's not the only way to define it. So, right. you know, you kind of go and you look at how many games they played for, for the team, which, you know, that, that, can, that can also be hit or miss. A guy like Courtney Upshaw, you know, he played a lot of games, but wasn't particularly good. Right, right. So I mean, it was more of just kind of a, a feel, you know. We've watched these teams through this period. We remember these players, you know. Was he a good player? Or was he a bad player for where he was picked? Right? Yeah. And and I think that these numbers are pretty consistent around the NFL. That teams will, you know, you'll you'll hit on, you know, around thirty five percent of your picks or so. Right. For Carolina, the the thing that's interesting is that. In the first three rounds, they, they actually hit, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty good. They, they yeah. hit over 40%. And the reason that's interesting is because Marty Herney is a terrible GM. <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of interesting that he's able to, to really lock in, particularly in the first round. He's gr- yeah. I, I won't take that from him. He's great in the first round. And not, not so much after that. Right. But right. the reason that we were looking at it is right after the draft, you know, everybody sees their, their team's draft class, and everybody's like, "Okay, we got seven new starters," you know, or however many picks your, your team had. In Baltimore's case, they had ten picks. We got ten new starters, yeah. right? Or ten or starters or rotational players. And yeah. it's never the case. No, it's, it's never the case. But no. like if you hit fifty percent of your picks, you're doing extremely well. Yeah. So we wanted wanted to go back and look at the the classes with that in mind and say how many of these players and which ones do we really think are going to pan out?
0: Yeah. And we want to ask you guys, you know, if you're fans of the Ravens, you're fans of the Panthers or fans of another team, you know, email us. And basically we want to ask you, which guys do you think are going to pan out? Right. If you had seven draft picks, all, like B said, all seven aren't going to hit. So pick the three that you think are going to, are going to do well, three or four, same thing with the Ravens fans. We had 10 draft picks. Pick which four that you think are going to work out because it's probably not going to be more than that. I will I would yeah. love for all ten of them to work out. Don't get me wrong. I'm cheering for each and every one of them. Right. But the you know, the the, the numbers show that it's probably four. If we're really lucky, five. So which ones which right. do you think? And are going to the work thing out?
1: that's really interesting about Baltimore is uh again, you know, we look from 2010 to 2016 for them. They had twenty two picks in the first three rounds. And you know, just going back over the picks, it looked like about eight of them worked out. Yeah, uh, for for Baltimore. Yeah, that's that's thirty six percent. Yeah, Baltimore had six picks in the first three rounds this year. So I mean, if they're if they're sticking with that kind of a uh, success rate, you know, everybody loved their first three rounds uh, of the draft, mm-hmm. right? But if you're sticking with that success rate, you're talking about two of those guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, two of them out, <laughs> right. Yeah. So you know that that's kind of what we wanted to go over. Uh, I, I think we can we can start with the with the Ravens because honestly nobody cares about Carolina at this point. Nobody else cares.
0: <laughs> Carolina's gonna surprise people, man. Watch. Yeah, <laughs> but well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So for me, I think Patrick Queen and J.K. Dobbins are going to work out. I think very highly of them. I, I wasn't a fan of either pick. I wanted us to. To go um, wide receiver in the first round, T. Higgins was there. I wanted to get T. Higgins, but Patrick Queen, I think, is going to be really good for us. And of course, you know, again, J, you know, J.K. Dobbins, you know, going going to running back there. I didn't feel like we needed a running back at all. And I believe Denzel Mims was still on the on the draft board at that point
1: yeah with their second round pick they could have gotten Mims but yeah so they chose chose to add to the greatest rushing attack in the history of the NFL despite having a quarterback who ran for 1200 yards and three running backs on the team already
0: yeah now with all that being said I think JK Dobbins is going to be excellent (laughs) (laughs) those are going
1: to be 400 of the greatest yards you have ever seen man
0: Man, look he's amazing I I, he's (laughs) he's amazing I watched his tape I was like oh man that we he's a special player, but mm-hmm. still, still, you know, I, I wasn't happy with the picks. But no, I think Queen Dobbins for sure are home run hits. They're they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be really good players. Mm. Right after that, I'm picking probably uh Matabike. I think Justin matabike will work out, and maybe one of the guards we picked up a. Tyree Phillips, and uh, Ben Bredesen. I couldn't tell you for sure which one it's going to be. It, it may be neither. That competition is kind of thick right now because they brought in a lot of people. You got Ben Powers, who they drafted last year. They um, they uh, signed DJ Fluker in the offseason. You still have Bradley Bozeman there fighting for a spot.
1: And Makari. Yeah,
0: Makari. Yeah, so. And Skurra. Yeah, Skura's still he's still uh, rehabbing. But, you know, he Mm -hmm. he might be ready for the season. Who knows? So there's a lot of spots. uh, There's a lot of players for only a a handful of spots there. So we'll see who steps up. I I think somebody's going to step up. And the Ravens have a really good track record for um, identifying interior O-linemen. So I think one of those guys will work out. But, you know, that's four. So that means I don't see Malik Harrison working out. And what's funny is Malik Harrison was somebody that I was looking at as a reason why we didn't need to go uh, Patrick Queen in the first round, I thought we can get Malik Harrison in the second or the third round, and he'll play just fine. So I don't think Malik Harrison is a bad player. I just don't think he's going to work out for us.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's not that we feel any differently about the players. We're we're just, we're playing the numbers game right
0: now. Yeah, 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 right? yeah exactly, exactly. You're not
1: going to hit on every pick. So I mean, some of these guys you like are going to be bad. Yeah, yeah. Know? Yeah, I, I look at their class. I like Patrick Queen. I like J.K. Dobbins. After that, honestly, I I, I kind of want to pick Roderick Washington. Yeah. Uh, just because I, I think that, you know, Baltimore does a, a pretty good job of, of drafting and developing linemen on, on both sides. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really wish I could say DuVernay or Prochet. I just, I really don't think he's the one that's going to work out.
0: Yeah. I if I had my wish list of who works out, well, I mean, it'd be everybody, but if yeah. like my wish list of who works out out of, you know, if I only get to pick four who I wanted to work out, DuVernay would definitely be on that list. I mean, I, I probably DuVernay and Prochet, right? I, I want, yeah. we need wide receivers. Not, you know, even even me thinking the best of Hollywood and Miles Boykin, if I think both of them are 1,000-yard wide receivers, I would still want two more potential 1,000-yard wide receivers.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that Duvernay. I don't think his skill set is going to translate very well. Uh, he's he's a straight line speed guy. He's not particularly agile. He doesn't have a great catch radius. I mean, he doesn't have particularly good hands. They're not bad. Not bad. But enough. nothing. Nothing to you know. To, to really point out. Um, not super agile. You know, I, I, I think he's going to be limited to short routes. And he needs off coverage. And he's, you know, I mean, he's going to be kind of a, a slant and, and, and screen guy. Yep. And I just, you know, I don't, I don't really think it's going to work out for him. I mean, hopefully uh, I'm wrong. But.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, me too. But now, with that being said, no, he doesn't have horrible hands. He is yeah. fast. He's mm-hmm. fast. And he is, he's strong, right? Yeah. He's, he's strong. So he's, a, he's a physical wide receiver. And he thrives in the screen game. You know, the problem is we don't throw that many screens. Now, if that changes, yeah, I mean, he could be a weapon for us. He could be an asset, and I'd be excited about that. But, I mean, I just got to look at what we've done up to this point. We have the same coaching staff, they don't throw a lot of screens. So, I don't see how it's really going to work out for him on this team. So, he's not on my list.
1: Yeah. So, with with the fourth pick, I'm, I'm, you know, I I think Queen, Dobbins, Broderick, Washington. Mm-hmm. and honestly, i think the uh the fourth player that i'm gonna that i' i'm gonna pick is gonna be Tyree phillips okay now not even because I think he's great, you know, but every scouting report that I saw on him and every draft ranking site that I saw on him had him as undrafted, yeah. one of the lowest ranked players in the draft, yeah, and they took him in the third so yeah. i mean that that just it kind of you know they obviously they'd be wrong, but it kind of makes me think that they see something in him. They see a, a guy that is going to fit into exactly what they want to do and be successful at it.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. They know um, they, they're, they they're great at identifying interior alignment to fit their system. You know, I think they do that better than anybody else in the draft. So yeah, I think either Tyree Phillips or, or Ben Bredesen, it's going to work out just fine. I mean, we just lost Yonda and I know that that's a huge hole to fill. Cause Yonda, you know, is going to be a first ballot hall of famer, but Yonda was a, a third round pick.
1: You know, I want to say second, but I, want, man, yeah, I, I think second, second
0: up. and third round pick. He wasn't a first round pick, Yeah, you know? So the scouting report on him, you know, wasn't, wasn't that great either. Right. So I don't need to see a, a perfect scouting report from these guys. Yeah. If it's not Bredesen or, or Phillips, you know, Ben Powers from last year, you know, they like him. Somebody's going to work out. But I'm taking one of those guys to work out as one of the four uh, players from this year's mm-hmm. draft.
1: Right. All right. So uh, we, we, we kind of want to move on to Carolina and, and kind of go through the same exercise there. Yeah. Carolina's a little different because they had seven picks and they spent all seven of them on defense. Yeah. i I mean, I can't even blame them, really. Like, they, they needed desperately to, <laughs> to fix their O-line, but, I mean, you just you have to have players on defense at yeah. some point, right? Uh, they took Derek Brown in the first, Yeter uh, Matos in the second, Jeremy Chin, Troy Pride, Kenny Robinson, Bravian Roy out of Baylor. Baylor. Uh, and Stanley Thomas-Oliver. So, you know, they went four defensive backs there because they're really, really thin in the secondary. And also, you know, they, the other three are right there on that on that D line. Yeah, Derek Brown not reeled with the pick. I mean, the way things shake out or shook out, I think they should have just taken Isaiah Simmons. Well, let me let me, uh, you know not leave anybody in suspense. Jeremy Chin is not going to be one of our picks. So <laughs> I mean, I look at it and I'm like, you took uh, Derek Brown and then you traded up to get Jeremy Chin because he's super athletic and super versatile right but that guy is named Isaiah Simmons and he did it at Clemson right right so you could have just taken him and you wouldn't have had the trade up and you still could have taken a, a guy like Matavike in the third round right I don't like how that played out at all Derek Brown I think though is going to be you know he'll be a fine player he'll be a good player yeah I think so I don't I don't think he's going to be you know, an Aaron Donald and, and Dominick and Sue type difference maker, but he'll be good. Yiragos Matos. I really, really like the pick, but he's a guy who who's raw and, mm-hmm. and needs needs some development. Yeah. I, I'm going to pick him though. I'm going to pick him to be one of the ones who works out. Jeremy Chen now.
0: So no. how many players are you are you picking? Three or four? I'm going to go okay, with three. three. They, they
1: only okay. had, yeah, they had the, the seven picks. I'm going to go with three. Okay. Uh so Brown and Gross Montos, Jeremy Chin's a no. And you know, again, I think now it, when, when you say who's gonna work out, what I'm taking that as is who is gonna be a, a a good player for their draft position. Yeah. And I wanna clarify that because Troy Pride I think is gonna be on the team for several years. And I think that's just because they're so thin, they're not really gonna be looking to get rid of guys on defense. Right you know i i don't think he's going to be particularly good but i think he'll be good enough to to you know keep that spot and allow them to address other areas yeah but once you know once they, they they're a little bit into this rebuild and they can really look at going back and, and you know fixing up some areas i think Troy Pride will be gone yeah. i'm going to say Bravian Roy i think is the other who who will work out uh he's a guy that that matt rule knows well obviously you know he played for him at baylor yeah and and you know just like i said with tyree phillips i think that that's a a coach bringing in a guy that he knows you know and he he knows all of his strengths and weaknesses knows exactly what he wants him to do the defensive coordinator also coming from baylor yeah so i'm sure that they they're drafting him with a very specific plan and role right
0: yeah this this one's a little tougher for me um obviously Derek Brown I think is going to work out. Yuta Gross Matos I think he's going to work out too. Like when you think about him I get kind of that boomer bust feeling from him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like like you said, he's raw so you may not see it right away. It might take a year or two before he really comes on. But we're talking about is a player going to work out for that team. So right. that's why I'm kind of hesitant if he's not Really ready to go out and contribute right away? Is the coaching staff going to stick with him, or is it going to be like, oh well, he's not working out, so you know we'll cut him or trade him, and then he blows up for another team? That's not working well, out. For I you, think
1: guys. I think they'll stick with him. I mean, they're they're extremely young,
0: yeah, right, in the front seven.
1: You know, they're pairing him with Brian Burns yeah. and now obviously Derek Brown. I think that they will. They're going to stick with those guys, and they want them to be the core of their, their front seven moving forward. I think yeah. they're going to give them every every chance to be successful.
0: If they stick with these guys, I think you'll have uh, one of the best D-lines in the league. In the yeah, league. I think absolutely. they all are talented. So, yeah, I'm going to go with, with uh, Gross Matos. And you know what? I'm going to say Jeremy Chin works out for you. <laughs> I'm going to say Jeremy Chin works out. I think he's going to be another one. He's going to be raw in the beginning. And um, if they stick with him, I think he'll work out. My
1: dude is the Armani Edwards special. All right? <laughs> the, the, the small school guy who they, they fell in love with and traded out to get in the middle rounds just because. <laughs> and you're going to look back and be like, what the hell were they doing?
0: Uh, maybe. Maybe. But I'm going to go with him. And you know what? I'm going to throw Bravery and Roy in there too. You know what? This is, this is going to be a great draft for you. This mm-hmm. is going to be a great draft. I, I, I'm picking four players. That's over 50%. Man,
1: no, Nobody has any love for Kenny Robinson. Professional football player. You got, yeah. you got that XFL experience.
0: You know what's going to be funny? He's going to be the one that blows up too. <laughs> <laughs> Just because we didn't pick him. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, the, the thing that's going to be really hilarious is when none of them work out and Marty Herney is out. Because <laughs> <laughs> listen, he... He had a couple drafts like that, man. Like where, where you know, you hit on one pick, and the and the rest is like, what is going on? Yeah, when they took Cam, you look at the rest of that draft class, and mm. it just makes you want to vomit. Like, there's nothing there.
0: I can't remember who else was in that class.
1: Yeah, exactly. I can't. I'm pretty yeah. sure none of them are even still in the NFL at this point.
0: Yeah, they did. Cam has been wrong his whole career, man. Like no support. But all right, so. This is going to be a pretty uh, quick episode, but you know, we want to close out on a serious topic. You know, right now there are protests slash riots going on throughout the country over the, the murder of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. This has been a problem. This type of problems been going on for years, uh, you know, hundreds of years, you know, in the yeah. black community. And it's reached a boiling point to where, you know you're starting to see it go on everywhere you know lots of uh, rise happening although some of that ain't you know it's not being done by by protesters <clears throat> but what is different a little different this time around that i'm seeing is i'm seeing more people talk about it that don't usually talk about it now yeah. you know you know I, i'm not sure if you're seeing that but I, i'm starting to see that in the sports world you know we're a, we're a sports show people that i haven't really seen talk about it or they give kind of that, that cookie cutter statement of, Oh, you know, we all need to come together, pray for everybody, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Let's get back to sports. They're starting to, you know, dive a little bit deeper into the discussion. I think because it's more in your face now and they can't really turn away from it. The conversation, you know, the conversations has got a little bit more serious for them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, um, you, you are seeing some of those, same kind of responses like oh you know we, we pray for everybody with unity and all this stuff
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh you, you know you've seen that from guys like carson wentz and, and Zach Ertz, and them but the difference you know, even with those guys is uh whereas in the in the past it would just be stop the violence we all need to come together you know pray for the victims all that they they, they are specifically calling out the the fact that there is uh, racial injustice in this country. Yeah. You know, and, and systemic racism and and that's just not a thing that you would really see before from, I mean, from a lot of white athletes, they would just want to stay away from it. Yeah. You know, uh, Joe Burrow put out a statement like that as well. Uh, Trevor Lawrence came out and talked about it before his head coach, mind you, Uh, yeah. Dabble, I, dabble uh, as of as of our recording. Dabble still has not said
0: anything. About I was about to say, what did Dabble put out? Because I I can't see Dabble making any kind of comment other than we need to pray on it. Yeah. You know, and he's probably struggling to say that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? The
1: but, only thing he wants to say is to get his meal tickets back to campus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I do think that you know you, you are seeing athletes being more willing to to speak openly about it. You know, Brian Flores talked about it. Uh, You're seeing some other minority coaches and and, uh, and, and people in front offices talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) The NFL put out what, you know, in a vacuum would have been a decent statement, but you know, we know what you're about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you blackball Kaepernick for trying to bring, you know, awareness to this very situation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and now I mean you still don't really want to address police brutality I mean there's no, I don't think there's anything in the statement that, that said police brutality right right they're trying to shy away from that like you know like they're just kind of trying to dip their toe in the in the pool a little bit but not really jump in you know just stay off if if that's what you're gonna do you know your, your statement's not really it's 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 hollow
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know but what you guys are seeing going on right now with the riots and everything like that's why people riot When you don't listen when you want to just kind of sweep it under the rug and people have been telling you for for years and years and years hey look what happened to Trayvon Martin hey look what happened to T- Tamir Rice you know look what happened to you know countless of other other people and just in the last few weeks you have Ahmad Arbery just being executed right there on tape right when he's yeah. just trying to jog you got Amy Cooper trying to have somebody executed in Central Park, right? Just because a yeah. guy said, put a leash on, on your dog, you know? Right. And then now you got, you got George Floyd, you know, being choked out over allegedly a what a fake $20 bill and the cop, it was somebody that he worked with, <laughs> you know, as a, right. as a bouncer in, in the, in the past. Right. Yeah. It's all come to a head. And, you know, when you constantly try to sweep things under the rug, when you constantly try to dismiss it, it blows up into this and now you have riots and now people are listening and you hear, you do hear some people say, Oh, well, you know, you're damaging neighborhoods, you're damaging property. You know, uh, Dickie V said, we need, we need, uh, 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 Martin Luther King here right now. Well, Martin Luther King said riots are the language of the unheard. Okay. okay? Uh, that's something white people don't like to address. They don't like to address the radical part of Martin Luther King. Who, the, who, if he was here right now, would be encouraging it. Say, look, you have to be heard. You need to listen. I'm not, you know, he's not not saying that, you know, you, you should break the law, but you have to do what you need to do to be heard in this country. And America is listening right now, more so than they have in recent history.
1: And then also the the whole, your damaging property kind of thing. It, it rings pretty hollow. Because I mean, yeah. that that is exactly what this country was founded on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you all love the Boston Tea Party.
1: Right. Like they weren't sitting around drinking tea.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Colonists were going around threatening government officials, you know, destroying people's houses, setting things on fire. They stole people's merchandise, threw it in the in the harbor. Yep. And that was because they didn't want to pay their taxes.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. So salute to all the players that spoken out on this. Salute to the coaches and and you know, some of the writers out there. I saw Matt Wallman online. He put out a, a string of, of, of threads on Twitter. Um, you should go follow him and, and check them out. You know, well said. Uh, big shout out to my man, Robert Latow. I mean, he's, he's doing God's work right now on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> he's exposing all the racists. He is, you know, he's calling out media. He's, I mean, he's been all over this, man. So big shout out to him. You know, Black Sports Online. Follow him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's about everything. You want to cover anything else?
1: No, I mean, I think that's about it. You know, we just wanted to, like we said, hop back on and, and and talk a little football since this is kind of. I mean, even even uh, in normal years, this is kind of a dead period. You know, there's not a whole lot going on. Yeah, so just wanted to check back in and and, and talk football a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, all right. So let's let people know where to find us real quick.
1: Uh, yeah. You know, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we have our, our website, website. Those are all dot you know, com, and, and add ad on Twitter and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can reach us via email at LBHT show at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, if you like the show, You know, you go to our website, hit the support the show button. That'll take you to our anchor page uh, where you can, you know, you can subscribe monthly. That'll help us produce more content more often. Yeah. If you're not able to support at this point, hop on Apple Podcasts, leave us five stars in a review, or, or, you know, just tell a friend, you know, tell them to check out the show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That'll help us out a lot. What episode is this? We're on episode 14 now. 13.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, we recorded earlier too.
0: That's right. That's right. We're we're going to record again tomorrow. Guys, we're bringing you a lot of content. We're bringing you a lot Mm -hmm. of content. You know, um, we also got some articles that that we're uh, getting ready to put out. You know, you check out that website, we have articles up there. You subscribe to our newsletter or subscribe monthly. You know, we have some stuff that we don't actually have on the site yet, but you know, we have links for them. B's constantly writing stuff great articles reviews if you're into video games you know we do video games as well so support us we have a lot more to 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 offer you guys Um, all right guys that was actually episode 15 thank you for listening and we will see you in episode 16